0: Testing, testing, one, two, one, two, testing, one, two... Transmission! (laughs) This is a future alien transmission. Dear future alien, What are you doing here? Pod Transmissions by Gallivanting Wanderers. From curious explorations to blissful discoveries. Sincerely yours, Odile TV and The Dystopiarist. Odile TV and I had a little poolside chat with Quinn of Happiness El Nido. And as all aliens know, happiness. We define that differently from day to day, and as we continue to refine our tastes. So, in this transmission, we share with you a little peek into an outsider's perspective of this party paradise. Well, not quite outsider, because we were the outsiders in that case. And then they all realized earlier, this made sense. Like, dear future alien, what are you doing here? It's like they're asking people, like, so like futurists. What are you doing? You yeah, know? yeah. Well, that's
1: like a, it's a strange coincidence. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 And then he goes, Morse code because it's like a transmission to the world. Like, do 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 do. Yeah. With ether. Right. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I love it's it. it. Cool. Well, that's funny. Yeah, it's funny how it it's so funny
1: the the concept kind of derived. Without you even knowing about yes.
0: it, but these kinds of things tend to happen to us. And I guess <laughs> you, you know, like I mean, it's like it's like we set ourselves up for it. It's like you mentioning earlier about like, yeah, like I just I'm just here, but also you brought yourself here in a way. Like partly it's luck, partly it's, yeah, 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 It's what you seek. Yeah, and your it's like your perspective and your pursuit of the things that you appreciate, like. I don't know but for me like in my family is that like you know sometimes i feel alienated too from like Mm -hmm. a family or maybe like friend groups from when we were younger so it's like
1: yeah for sure we're
0: looking for like fellow aliens it's like dear future alien you you're you're a future alien i am very
1: much an alien yeah yeah, exactly literally i think the term that you're supposed (laughs) to use
0: what are you doing here i'm a legal alien
1: fortunately but i wasn't always
0: (laughs) so like here is like here like at happiness on this island on in this country on this planet like what is it like what what's important to you combination that are that you're you're living day-to-day yeah like that yeah that's the question well
1: it makes sense I mean I always thought like my idea of fate was that like you know life will bring you to a certain crossroads every so often and it's up to you like you do have free will to make a decision on whether you want to choose the one path or another path and you know, ultimately that will decide the next crossroads that you go to, right? And I always thought that, like, you know, there is so many things that you can never explain about how you get to certain places in your life, but it's up to you to make the most out of an opportunity, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that you'll find that anybody that's kind of left home, did something out of the norm or whatever, they've all had an opportunity presented and they took the leap of faith you know mm. whereas a lot of people wouldn't they would just go for their comfort zone
0: yeah
1: right and it's uh, a lot of
0: trust in yourself I yeah would say. yeah
1: for like. sure you have to be trusting in your independence absolutely absolutely without that it would be very difficult and i think that was like my main motive to come to southeast asia was like i want to know if i can be independent in the world by myself solo traveling no mm. plan just a budget like can i do it yeah. you know and got to Thailand and I was like, this is fucking easy. <laughs> yeah. Why is everyone so scared to get a plane ticket? This is so easy. Oh my god, like just love everywhere. You know? Yeah, no, but uh, it's, it's also
0: um, like what what you put out is what you get. Sure, right? Sure, so it's not easy for people who are say like naturally paranoid and then you add like other things to the mix that makes it even more
1: paranoid definitely I mean certainly if you're an introverted person by nature I think it would be hard to solo travel or something like that but you could argue that a lot of people would find a way to open themselves up in these kind of very specific environments you know like when i was growing up i was not an extrovert by any Mm. shape or form
0: not at all i was a weird that's surprising
1: yeah everyone says that everyone says that but at the same time like once i was put in an environment with other people that were more like-minded i just grew like exponentially exponentially and that was College for the first time, but then afterwards, you know, moving to or coming out to Southeast Asia and just like being influenced by every single person that you meet, and you're sort of going, like, Man, like this is ideal, you know, mm. like where do I go next? What do I do next? Yeah, yeah, like there's so much to do, there's so much to see. Yeah, you know?
0: Thailand, first, and
1: then- Thailand was first, yeah, because I was a dive instructor already, I'd been living in the Caribbean for two and a half years, I taught diving for a year and a half. Um, and my parents moved there when I was in college, so I was living with them at the time. So it was quite an easy lifestyle, but it allowed me to kind of move in a in a very free way towards something I could be passionate about, which was scuba diving at the time. But the Caribbean is just like it's. Uh, it's very, very, very westernized, like Americanized specifically. and more that so was here. Oh, like miles more, really? miles more. Yeah, because it's like That's 90% crazy, American man. tourists that are there, right? Oh. So everything has to be fucking Burger King and shit, you know? So, no yeah, it's like that. We met
0: Lynn. yes, sir. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. from the Caribbean. Yeah, yeah. So, like, like, why are you moving? Why, you why move are you here? You're, yeah, she was like, I don't know. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, I mean, the Cayman Islands is obviously a very high-end kind of place. And so for me, it was like, let's go to the polar opposite. Let's go to Thailand. I know people there that I did my instructor's course with and stuff like that. So I'll just arrive in Koh Tao and I'll figure out the rest of the six months. Mm. And what was supposed to be one week in Koh Tao turned out to be one month. And what was supposed to be one month in Thailand turned into two and a half months. And then it was like all these other places. And Philippines wasn't even on my list. Uh-huh. Like not even you mentioned that a remotely bit close to my day, list. Day, yeah, because my plan was essentially to do like Thailand, Lao, Vietnam, Cambodia, and then go to Australia and do my yacht training or do a season in Indonesia as a diver. And to this day, I've never been to Australia. Oh wow! <laughs> I never went to Indonesia until years after coming to the Philippines. And uh, ultimately, I ended up in the Philippines because a friend of mine had a job offer for me in Sargao. Which by the time I arrived in Shargao ended up falling through is the owner of the dive shop was, I don't know, cooped out or something. But um, yeah, so I ended up showing up in Shargao with, you know, like four days before I was like, I need to get out of here or something, followed some Italian girl to Palawan, wanted to dive on the shipwrecks and uh, didn't want to pay for it, the rest is kind of history. but. Um,
0: yeah. just found a way to yeah, stay.
1: Well, I, I emailed every dive shop on the island, specifically <laughs> the, the high-end dive shops, because I'd come from a background in five-star dive resorts, five-star Yeah, hotels, why would you Five that? Yeah, specifically that. And it's obviously it's better money when it mm-hmm. comes down to it. And so I was very fortunate because I was there on the ground, uh, and there was a company in the north of Koran, because I wasn't really a big fan of Koran town, to be honest. And, I mean, you guys have been
0: there. So. Yeah. It's
1: not it's not the same. It's, it's not really, like, there's not a whole lot of, like, cultural, Culture. Uh, you yeah. know, fun. So um, I was very fortunate that I... Got this job in the north because once I got on a motorbike and left Koran Town and started driving towards the north, I was like, "Wow! Like this, this is what the people look like. Like, like, Wow! It's it's just green everywhere, bamboo huts, people smiling and waving at you on the street." And uh, yeah, I went in for my interview, and an hour later, I was the head instructor of the wow. Bay Lunch Divers, or whatever.
0: An hour later. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, we clicked. That yeah. I don't want that. Yeah, I clicked with the with the guy who was managing it, and, uh, and he was happy that I was on the ground already. And I'll say this to any dive instructor ever, that or dive master, whatever you are, if you're working in a field of passion, like you're so much better off to go and make those relationships personally you'll never ever get nearly as much of a reputation or uh an understanding like we were talking about of mm-hmm. your vibe yeah. if you're not face to face with this yeah. person and uh, that obviously worked in my favor for a lot of different uh, ways but yeah it was super super stoked to get that job and uh by the time
0: when, when year was it?
1: This is 2018, June 2018.
0: Very recent. Yeah. yeah and also right, yeah, right before all the shit. Yeah. <laughs> well,
1: yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: <laughs> what a diving.
1: Yeah, it was crazy. Oh. And six months after I started at that dive center, the, the manager, the guy who hired me, um, he fucked off back to Australia. And just never came back so And so the owner the was like, do you want to run the shop? And I was like, I don't know how uh, to do that uh, Yes, I'll do you're it gonna <laughs> work, yeah. yeah. By the time that pandemic happened I was managing a shop in Buswanga, a shop in Puerto Galera And a diving liveaboard And doing mostly technical diving So it was like oh. massive, massive knowledge expansion Massive damn. experience expansion It like,
0: was like a growth spurt for skill like, 100%, yeah, like skill-wise, 100%.
1: Yeah. And as a leader and you know, leading a team Especially yeah, a team of Filipinos like
0: yeah. Yeah, it's really yeah it is a yeah
1: yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah and my boss he was he was like this super rich Australian old drunken guy you know he didn't give a shit about what I was doing you know but <laughs> as long uh, as it was
0: as long still as it was yeah money. exactly yeah. and it definitely <laughs> yeah. was
1: he was making good money off of me that's for sure that's wow. for sure but it was uh, yeah it was a big learning experience and I'm happy that I did it but I gotta say you know just before pandemic happened I was done with the Philippines man. i was done was it just just,
0: like the work culture or what the work was
1: the working visas the you know the yeah i don't know the up and down of everything and just i don't know exactly what it was i mean it had a lot to do with my job and and stuff like that and my boss and whatever but uh yeah i mean things just things just weren't going in a very good way and so i was kind of like i'm gonna look for new opportunities and then pandemic hit and I was okay. like, Well, I guess I can hang out in the jungle for a couple months. Well, yeah, yeah, whatever. I'll just watch Netflix for the next three months and I'll be alright, you know. But you
0: know? I'm sure you got restless.
1: Oh yeah. Well, I mean after about like six, seven, eight months, I was starting to really feel like depressed. You do I was like yeah, yeah I was yeah. like, you know, trying especially to do anything. Yeah, in, in Buswanga actually, like forty five oh, yeah, minutes yeah, yeah. an hour outside of Koran. I was living in a Sawali hut, you know, oh, yeah. at a hostel like in nestled in the jungle. My backyard was mangroves and stuff. So it, was, it was nice. Yeah, it was beautiful. But I was super lonely. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and also, like, after, you know, a period of, like, hyper-productivity and, like, yeah. really pushing yourself mm. and, you know, like, you, like, you feel like your brain kind of, like... Can't turn off. A yeah. blah, blah, blah. Suddenly, it's, like... Blah. And you I know? felt
1: that when I first got to Thailand as well, when I first started backpacking because I was so used to just, like, I've been working full-time since so I was, like, 16 years old, you know, so going somewhere not having something to do it took me like weeks to get used to this feeling of you got nothing to do bro just go just go fucking sleep in eat a nice breakfast smoke a joint have a good day you Deep know meditate. like
0: meditate? not so much <laughs>
1: no diving was always my meditation oh, yes yeah that's how I felt sure. the first
0: time I tried it for sure I was like this is this yeah moment.
1: it's so peaceful so quiet so beautiful yes. it's very profound uh, especially you know some places that you go diving where it's very very intimate i would say you know Cad.
0: we should have asked you i feel so dumb now because we didn't even we were. we just talked about everything except for diving and we supposedly were here to try to free dive a little bit okay and, yeah yeah and then oh god i'm sorry we were so like underwhelmed like we i don't think we went to the right places we just did the, the stupid normal tours
1: yeah i mean yeah well it, it, it could be nice as well
0: we could come back anyway for sure yeah yeah.
1: Uh-huh. I would say go up to Sibaltan yeah, go to the north. Yeah, I saw Ivan this morning I and he uh, yeah, he was like he was like bro, thank you so much for sending me these girls like was, they were so much fun. <laughs> no, 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 no. They're going crazy. They show yeah, up all hungover yeah. next thing we know they're like going crazy. I was like yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, That sounds about yeah. right. <laughs> well, <laughs> but He yeah. was supposed to be there. No. Except no. The guy didn't didn't show up. So, yeah, lucky for you guys. guys yeah, so, yeah, yeah. The whole group was happy. Yeah, I mean,
1: yeah. Uh, Ivan's a legend, man. He's he's yeah. great. He's a really cool guy. A good, good time for Ivan. Yeah.
0: It it seems like you've made a lot of like excellent connections, not just like you know for your own career, but like kind of like bringing people along with you to, yeah. you know with like I guess like a more just adding more dimension to the experience
1: well i've always subscribed to the idea that your network is your future like really if you aren't building your network if you aren't building a good reputation in your community and stuff like that and you're not you know putting yourself forward to you know be tested and stuff like this then no one's going to give you an opportunity if they've never seen you take a risk you know what i mean Okay. like for me the coming to el Nido in the middle of pandemic it was like what the fuck am i gonna do you know and that's part of why i started djing i worked on french survivor for a couple months oh, yeah? like as yeah, random Shit. odd jobs, this server, that right? yeah like I what to, like, like as a, as like, a body double
0: <coughs> no way yeah I
1: was yeah 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 they you were, were a they, body double yeah they put us like in a whatever. bubble in leo and with two months in this bubble And we would like we would like go out onto the beach before all them. They would test the games with us. They would fly the drones over and stuff like that. Once all the people leave, so it was it was cool. But it was a it was a shit show, man. It was like fourteen hour days, and
0: and then it's so remote, so like like there's like limited, you know.
1: No, I mean we would come back every day to Leo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? But the, the contestants, obviously, okay. they were out on the islands. Ah, we were, okay. we were just body doubles. So we would like do but all the beauty shots too. and stuff like that. Because if they were to fly a drone during, like, when the contestants are actually on the islands, it's there's just tents everywhere. There's like hundreds of people. There's like twenty five boats all over the place. Ah, like, I see, I see. it makes it like you would know it how much of a production <laughs> yes, is yes, actually yes, going yes, into yes, it. Yes, so yes, basically, yes. we would sit there until like the very end of the day. Ah, is this is the And all scene? of the yeah. Everything would go, all the boats would go, all the people would go, everything would go, and they would leave the games up, and we would have to try and recreate the games and stuff like that, and they would fly the drones over. So anytime that you're watching Survivor, and you see a drone shot from way, way up, Mm -hmm. it's us.
0: That's (laughs) good. It's a load
1: of shite. That that must (laughs) have been funny, though, like, having,
0: like, this, like, Survivor, um, like, Survivor stand-in crew, because then you guys, like, kind of became, like,
1: it was interesting. There's a lot of people from Manila, it was a lot of young people from Manila like 19, okay. 20, 21-year-old kids. None of them could swim and like 90% of the games involved swimming. So it was an absolute fucking nightmare if I'm being honest with you and our handler the or the, the, No, the other body doubles. Some uh, of the other body doubles, they were all nice people. I had nothing against them as people, but like the the recruitment that they did for these people was just so half-assed man it was so half-assed like crazy crazy half-assed but uh it was it was a really exciting experience just to be able to visit all these locations that Mm. i probably wouldn't get to go to normally and see the behind the scenes and stuff like that but yeah i mean it was it was like you could feel the separation between the french crew and the uh, like Filipino crew and stuff like that. Mm, for yeah. sure. You yeah. could feel it. I mean even just the lunches that we were getting compared to oh, them yes. was paw. Not politics, just it's just like a general sort of like eh, you're them and we're us. Yeah, you know, like right? exclusivity. Yeah a like, little, like, no, little bit. No, no, no. Little, not 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 racism per se, but you could tell like, you know, it's cheap labor. Yeah, it's I like mean, racing classism or uh, mixed together. Yeah. Plus French people, you know, they don't really speak much English a lot of the time, so that can help. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like the body doubles were getting like 2,000 pesos a day, which for most people is phenomenal salary. But yeah. when you consider that you're working 12 to 14 hours a day and what, and the, the what risky, that risky labor shit. would be yeah. in France, you know, like you're talking about $15 an hour minimum, probably 15 euro an hour probably is the minimum wage around there. So it would be significantly more than 40 US yeah. per day. Yeah,
0: I mean, this is how it is. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like,
1: which was okay but no I mean to what I was saying about like network and stuff like that like that happened because I'd just gotten to know people around the area and they were like oh I saw this Facebook post they're looking for white people Mm -hmm. oh that's me (laughs) (laughs) that's me I can do that yeah but um, I would say like like even how I started DJing was just because I knew a guy who was throwing a party and he saw a picture of me using a DJ controller for the first time at a party I was throwing I had no idea that I had never used a controller before or DJed before I was like I'm throwing this party you want to play and I was like uh, sure let's do it and then ever since then I just took a deep dive so into learning. yeah
0: so you're yeah, just yeah. jumping yeah
1: I yeah, like yeah I think that's what I've done for everything for everything in my life for
0: sure. So far, this has been, like, a kind of a recurring thing, like, about, like, just fucking do it. Just do know? it. You know, just fucking do it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, um, like, all the interviews you've done, it's just this, um, I guess, it's that creative spirit. Like, so even if you're not, like, necessarily making a an artwork, but you approach life as yeah. art. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't matter if nobody else has done it before, or, if, like, you never tried it, or if, you know, like, just why the fuck
1: not yeah like why the fuck not do i it? mean you should have like i mean people can live their life through art you know just to be creative with how you go about your days is, is important you know and like the idea that uh you know if you're passionate about something then what's holding you back from trying to do something with that try to great longevity in things that you're passionate about and I think that people get so bogged down by society in this and like the more that I stay away from quote-unquote society the more I realize how uh, attainable things can be you know and you meet all these people when you're in an environment like this who have you know they've chased this dream or that dream or they've made money doing this or that or whatever and you can always tell the difference I found especially in the Caribbean but here as well you can always tell the difference between people who grew up with money and people who made money mm. and it's about the way that they treat service industry individuals okay, in a yeah. big way oh, sure, sure. you know because people that grow up with money they're going to be a dick they don't have value towards work ethic mm. you know but people who spent their life dedicating themselves to something that they're passionate about I mean, they, you know, they obviously they tip well, but they they speak with you, they care about you, they ask you your name. They actually,
0: for me, it's even just the eye contact.
1: Yeah. you Know what I mean? Like some people don't 100%. even
0: make eye contact with the service. 100%, yeah, yeah, Or like the you know the guard like helping you park and or snapping whatever. Slapping your fingers yeah. and shit. I can't stand that oh, shit. Oh, fuck I will
1: fucking slap you. <laughs> don't mm-hmm. dare.
0: gives me fucking
1: Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. 100%. yeah. No, but I think El Nido is a big, uh, a really big stepping stone for me, just in a means of meeting and creating a network of people who are very creative as well. You know, and I'm from sure you've noticed it being around.
0: From Koron, how did you end up in
1: El Nido? Uh, I met a guy with a sailboat when I was drunk one night. <laughs> yes. And he went, we started drinking together and we, you know, started hanging out together with a few of our mutual friends in Koron. And it was December, it was November, 2020. And uh, he was like, "I'm kind of bored of Quran. I think I'm gonna skip down to El Nido and just see what's up." And I don't know if you remember, but in December one, 2020 is when they kind of reopened domestic tourism for mm-hmm. a bit. Mm-hmm. And so, so you know, the chance. well, I didn't think much about it. To be honest, I was like, "Nah, like it's gonna yeah. be such strict rules. It's gonna be so expensive. What even is gonna be open? All this COVID bullshit. Everyone's yeah. in mass. Nobody's gonna come to uh, Palawan. Like, why would they? You know, it's just such a nightmare." And so. We take a three-day sailing trip down. On the way, we had a a friend's baptism, a friend's son's baptism on this beautiful little island on the way down uh, in Linapakan. And uh, and so we arrived in Koran, and we were like the first two new faces that they had seen. It's so long <laughs> And we were Like at this point I was a raging I freak Like oh, uh, so bad He's allergic to Tanduai It was by so bad I think I, I am now freak Yeah tandoi I tandoi think we've all Had our tandoi phase tandoi
0: <laughs> tandoi I don't know man For tandoi me tandoi <laughs> body didn't like it For me it was Emperor Dora
1: then Oh no That no doesn't bad, do anything To like me it. I need that tandoi, I need that heavy shit Like I was getting into it But we We were like Cause yeah Like I stuck out Like a sore thumb He just looks like a sailor He's a bald French guy And so we were just walking around town with like a flask of tanda and a bottle of water like tagaying in hand and fortunately we had mutual friends with Lao from Walang and so at the time she had a bar called Tuco and uh, we arrived there and there was just like a, a couple of the, the local expats or whatever hanging out there and from that moment onwards El Nido just exploded with domestic tourism a lot of these like celebrity types and stuff like that were coming down so we went from like nothing uh, and being the new guys to like pangolin full on a friday night in the the pandemic and i was like why have i not known about this like well where are all these people like i mean like i love all of these people and everyone was just so kind and so genuine that being said i'm so glad that i came during a time where there was lesser tourism because otherwise I would've just been another white guy roaming around El Nido. So I had an opportunity to actually meet and connect with the community here before things started to get more about Swabe. business again
0: Swabe-un. yeah that's cool it helped
1: a lot it yeah. helped a lot for sure it's
0: like the transition right yeah
1: yeah i would just i loved the fact that people here were so creative so motivated like there's food pop-ups all the time market pop-ups all the time dj pop-ups all the time people throwing parties people doing this that and whatever and it was just a really nice thing to be around and very motivating thing to be around and that's a big reason why i stayed in el Nido for sure because okay. I went, I went back to Quran after five weeks. I packed my bag and got right the fuck back okay, there. Like, never like, again. never, yeah, never again, again, never again, never again. And I tried to throw a huge despedida, like a ma- I organized this massive despedida in Quran. Rented out an entire like beachfront, got the biggest sound system in Quran. I had to beg people to come.
0: No way, beg people.
1: Like Ridiculous. it was just such a a tired community, you know, and oh. it was like. And here you'll find, like, the locals communicate very well with the expats, like, the Spanish and the French get along, everybody gets along, and when everybody's in the same place, it's always hugs and kisses. Like, there's no animosity between one social group Mm. and another, whereas in Quran, there was a lot. It was a lot, because you have this whole fishing community there that really doesn't want any of the tourism or any of the expats to be there, or, you know, you took our jobs kind of thing. But uh, ultimately, they rely on a lot of these oh, yeah, people yeah, yeah. in order to give their kids jobs yeah, and whatever. And somewhere to sell the fish, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a really, it's a really kind of uh, it was a disheartening kind of environment in Quran. Mm-hmm. And the, I mean, we don't have to go into the politics yeah, of yeah, it all, no, but it was it but was not
0: nice. Here, you're you really like you you mentioned like how like different kind of groups work together. Yeah. and like there's more of a sense of really like. Like, uh, yeah. like mutual support. Yeah, yeah exactly. definitely. Um, actually, I I thought you were gonna bring somebody else. Iran. Yes. Yeah, he, he can. I think he's probably
1: can? around. Yeah.
0: Yeah, cause, cause um, I mean, of course, like, yeah, like I love this, like just kind of finding out how you got here, but it's this that mutual thing, right? So Iran is. Can you tell us about him?
1: He's uh, well, basically, he's my my bo- He's one of the owners of Happiness. Uh, he's the The COO, I believe. And basically, when I first came to El Nido, he had been living here for I think a little more than a year, something like this. Like, he he arrived just a, a about a half a year or so, you'll have to check with him. About a half a year before pandemic started, so he was kind of fresh, but he'd been back and forth a couple of times, as far as I know. And uh, he was someone that I connected with a lot when I first got to El Nido, and that's kind of how him and I started hanging out. That's one of the people I was inspired by with my DJing and stuff like that. So I started looking um, more for music kind of similar to his, and then we started playing together. And then it was a moment of like him talking me up to some of the other owners, and uh, got to the point where they were offering me a job. So Iran definitely I would consider it to be a, a close friend and someone that has really like put me on. Yeah, like a Yeah, in a lot of ways, in a lot yeah. of ways. And I mean, he's a very unique individual for this kind of environment because he's not always the most sociable person. Um, he can be quite introverted, but he's extremely intelligent. And he's a very kind-hearted person uh, in general. And I don't know many people that have anything bad to say about him, even though he doesn't involve himself in a lot of the community things going on um but he's definitely someone that
0: he's been pivotal for your yeah development here absolutely as a member of the yeah community. for sure okay cool cool yeah because like um so earlier yeah we're always trying to do things like these interviews like in tandem because like yeah you know like kind of the back and forth between right. like people working closely together also gives it more dimension
1: yeah makes sense is he playing He'll be playing. So I'll play from like 8.30 to 10. And then we have our buddy Al Jones. This guy, he's going to play. Yeah, he's going to jam from 10 to 11. And then probably Iran will play either on his own or will jam from uh, 11
0: to 12. So um, would you say these guys are the ones like... Like, musically. Now, now I guess, like, getting from, like... Well, Al,
1: Al is just a He's only here for a short time. Like, he was ah. uh, someone that got introduced to us because he said he was coming to El Nido and he was just looking to play a couple gigs, nothing okay. too fancy. So he's just here. He leaves tomorrow. Okay. Um, but Iran and I always play Saturdays together, stuff like that, which is really fun.
0: So he's really, like, your brother in the music. In a lot
1: of ways, yeah. I could say that. I mean, we don't spend as much time together as maybe i do with some other people but uh outside of work i should say Um, but obviously like i spend a lot of time at work so we're quite close in that regard Um, and sometimes he has to be my boss and sometimes he has to be my friend and stuff like that but when we're playing music it's it's, uh yeah it's
0: a change of um Role, yeah, like a shift. Yeah, yeah,
1: and I have to not take like certain things too personally when it gets more on the professional side of things. And I, I'd like to think that I'm pretty good at that. But uh, certainly when it comes to music, I really like to play with him because he's kind of the only person in El Nido that really stays true to what he wants to play. Like He does not take gigs that he won't enjoy, and that I respect 100%. Because I obviously felt, you know, before Happiness, that I was kind of obligated to diversify a little bit in order to get more gigs. So I could get more money, more reputation, more people know me, etc. So I expanded a lot. But uh, I love to play with him because he always whips out these tracks that, like, I know the artist, but I never heard these songs. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And plus he produces. So we've been dying to sit down for a session together to to make some music. But... uh, You know, life (laughs) Eventually,
0: (laughs) I mean, the timing will come
1: Oh yeah, for sure The timing will come For sure But I think, like, it's funny Because, like, it would be an interesting contrast uh, To have us both sitting here Only because he kind of has a little bit more of a cynical version of of Your
0: story?
1: (laughs) Not my story, personally But just, like, the general vibe of El Nido And and stuff like this I mean, he, he gets along with everybody I don't know anybody who, like, really doesn't like him, per se um, but he might have a little more cynical Id- uh, idea of like where Nido's going, the type of people that are here, the businesses that are here. Very uh, critical is critical like in, in, in that yeah. you know, like, because
0: he sees the areas for improvement of potentially course. yeah you know I mean or maybe it's more focused on the areas of improvement rather than the areas where you've managed to push.
1: Yeah and I think like like he said it very well one time because we were at one point, you know, in Chargao, they have like this weekly schedule, Mondays here, Tuesdays here, Thursdays here, etc. We wanted to kind of do that in El Nido with some of the businesses that spend a little bit more time curating the the music and the atmosphere and all this kind of stuff. And so we were going to do like a sunset and an evening time every single day of the week. We're going to put posters all over, make an Instagram page, all this kind of stuff. And he said it perfectly. It was like, look, like this probably isn't going to make us all a bunch of money. But what it could do is it could bring light to the more well established and more well curated businesses of El Nido. So we don't have people coming back to us saying, Oh, the music was so shit at Amigos or Oh the the food was so bad at this place or oh where can I get a decent sunset or where can I see a decent you know, like this kind of thing and and obviously now with the amount of businesses that are opening in El Nido for sure it's overwhelming for Mm -hmm, anybody mm -hmm. you know it's overwhelming
0: that's part of the thing like we have a few friends who are going to be coming in or who have just arrived and then we're already we have like a map like, you know, future alien, yeah, like, you know, yeah, like, yeah. like, like yeah. pics or like, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like where you won't feel like an alien. You yeah, know, we gotta a thing, right? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, totally. Well, it's funny, like, one time someone described Pangolin as a gay club to me. I was like,
0: what the fuck? Why not? Like, Why what? not?
1: Yeah. Why? yeah, like, what difference does it make? It's just yeah. a club, it's a place playing music, yeah, uh, yeah. you know? Yeah. Because they're playing disco or what? Like, what does it make? Well, maybe, that make that
0: probably, like, it's like, like other places might feel less inclusive.
1: Hmm. In that
0: regard Like you know
1: Maybe I mean, like I mean I doubt it Like Amigos Is full of transgender people ah, <laughs> I mean that's, that's, like that's like Probably the most Ratchet right. place in Alito yeah. You know You'll
0: we'll put that off the record <laughs> No I don't, I don't mean
1: Because of that I don't mean because of that Not at all I mean because I'm of the music messing. And You're the, the demographic messing. That goes there I'm fucking with no no, no no it's not really. But uh, no Like it's, it's hilarious Like it's just It's so funny Like the people's perception Especially tourist perception of, of the environment here and stuff like that and what attracts them and stuff like that. A lot of people just follow the crowd, right? Yeah. yeah. Even if where the crowd is going is somewhere shit, it's like, ah, go ahead, sheeple.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because, I mean, you know, like, people with the nose, like, they're like, okay, th- this spot is for me. Like, you know, like, this isn't, you know, some people are just shooting my art day, like Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and if you if you know people will spend extra because they're Maarte, yeah. why not be the one?
1: But this is the question, like, like, where do the Maarte people go in El Nido? Like, I've been asking this question to everybody, like, past 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock at night, if they're not going to somewhere like Pangolin or Amigos or Puka or whatever, like these club-type places, like, what do they do? You know, like, people are on vacation. Surely they're going to sit down and have a cocktail somewhere but happiness is clearing out by this time most of the time and we're thinking like damn like we got to be one of the only places that are doing kind of mellow cocktail vibes from 10 till midnight but
0: it's not a lot of nice yeah um yeah i got that's a really good question yeah Yeah,
1: i I mean we ask we ask most of our guests when they leave around nine or ten o'clock we'll ask what are you doing after this you know where are you going most of them just say oh we're going to bed you know, Maybe uh, they're
0: also like really knocked out from like the tours and shit. I
1: guess, I guess, because that's
0: how we felt. Yeah. Like yeah. certainly, like you know, but still, it's you know, boring. you're gonna have I get to wake up early. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, for the diving, yeah. shit. the motorbike. You don't wanna get, you know.
1: Yeah, no, I get it. I you get need it. It, All just seems like, it seems like there's so much uh, there's, there's so many people coming to El Nido And you must have affluence to be here Because the room rates are so expensive in A yes. lot of times So if you're a young affluent couple That doesn't want to be in a sweaty club what do you do past nine, ten o'clock at night?
0: Maybe fuck. I mean, yeah. I, don't know, like, I, guess. Well, that's I mean, vacation, right? if they, no, but like if they paid, like, like every night paid, for fuck's sake, you yeah, know? Come on, like,
1: come and have a drink with like, me. you know? You know <laughs> you
0: guys, like known for it as like a honeymoon. Fuck later, today. you know. Have a couple
1: margaritas it's first. A honeymoon Get the juices <laughs>
0: flowing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's a know. good point. That's a good point.
1: No, but yeah, I don't know. Like uh, a lot of people are complaining this year around the Philippines in general about the lack of tourism and stuff like that. But you know, I was having a conversation with a guy this morning about. Uh, he's based in Boracay since twenty sixteen. Um, has a restaurant and some stuff down there, and he's like, "Man, everyone's complaining in Boracay, but I'm I'm fully booked. I got people out the door because we have a decent product. You know, mm. if you have a decent product, then there's no reason that people aren't going to show up. Good. Yeah but uh, there's a lot of businesses that unfortunately put very minimal effort into their service or their product. I mean, I went to the other day to book a a bed for Adrian Sharla for New Year's. Mm -hmm. I walked into this hotel at five o'clock in the evening, afternoon, and they didn't have someone there that could tell me what the availability was for New Year's Eve.
0: Oh wow, (laughs) okay.
1: Like nobody there, they were like, could you come back later? Or can I get like your number so we can like message you That's weird at some point.
0: That's weird.
1: It's like bruh, it's five o'clock on a Tuesday. What do you mean you can't tell me your availability? <laughs> like But the point is is like there's so much like there's so much inflation without amenities, you know? Like people are sending their prices upwards and not improving what they're offering. Mm. and like businesses haven't changed at all in like so many years
0: alright alright so here I think this is a part like that I I would have really been more curious about like sorry Iran Iran Iran, Iran's uh, perspective like what do you think is the the thing about happiness that makes it like you know that addresses that that you just talked about
1: I mean for me as someone who's come around here to you know just take everything in I noticed happiness even when I was here in 2018. I didn't eat there, but I think obviously the aesthetic is a big factor. Yeah, the fact sure, that it's sure. beautiful, there's the attention to detail. Yeah, so good. Uh, you know, it's not all sweet cocktails and you know tequila sunrise and stuff. Uh, the music is obviously quite different than what a lot of people are playing and stuff like this. So for me, it's just a unique environment. I think as far as Iran is concerned, it's uh I mean he's a, he's the money guy he's the guy that thinks about numbers that's his job that's his his mindset that's how he lives his life he thinks about numbers He's yeah, okay if I smoke yeah 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 um, and I think for him uh, in a lot of ways it's it's a very viable endeavor and being in the Philippines there isn't a lot of places like that you know and so I think it's a it's a big hole in the market if I was to ask him, uh, you know, why would you want to be a part of happiness uh, and not somewhere else, I think he would say like it's a, it's a very viable business and it's a unique business that you can enjoy healthy food, good music, DJ sets if you want, all these kind of things. Like it's a very creative space for yeah, people. Yeah, it feels like it. started out as a falafel stand in Korong Korong
0: uh, like called nine happiness. years ago yeah also called that place. yeah
1: that was the original owner ellie okay um and he yeah he built it up to what it is now along with his partner sar so it used to be
0: happiness falafel
1: just yeah just happiness but it was like a little falafel stand in karong, karong Cute. and then it moved to serena street and it was like six swings on the road and just like a small canteen yeah. and then it went back and then it went up
0: very cute yeah So now there's the three.
1: Now yeah, well we've got a a beach resort and a hostel in Chargal and then the new one in Boracay. Yeah, Yeah. so they've expanded quite a lot. I mean I think they have lots of decent investors and stuff like this of course but you're
0: maintaining you're like it's maintaining a similar vibe, like really like this this particular niche.
1: Curated healthy food, curated music, clean, modern, nice design, artistic, yes, definitely. Definitely, and uh, and I think like that's something that you know there isn't enough of in places that I've been in the Philippines. I mean, yeah. Yeah, certainly I mean, Manila is like, like poblacion. Like you go to poblacion, you're like, wow, like some of these business owners are so creative. Like you walk in a spirits library, and you're like, wow, like yeah. this is so beautiful. It's, it
0: is, it's fucking gorgeous. You
1: know, and like you come to the Nido, and the business owners like they just it's just like a couple like plastic yeah. stools on the side of the road. You're like, what the fuck? You know, charging three fifty for Adobo. You're like, guys. How dare you? Guys, you know, put a little effort in. You know, Ate's there on her phone. Yeah, the other cook's sleeping. And you're like, you know, take some pride. Take some pride in what you do. And I think yeah. that's one thing that really attracted me to happiness is, like, yeah. I could be prideful about working there. You know, that's not a bad thing.
0: So you feel, I mean yeah that's the thing is like walking down that that little alley that's serrano street right? yeah. yeah walking down serrano street it's like there's very few places that you kind of really feel like a soul behind it yeah you know what i mean yeah and happiness for sure like i mean even like even if i didn't know that we had friends who play there that it was mm. recommended by friends it would definitely magnetize yeah me,
1: just by know? walking like, by yeah exactly yeah no, I mean, that's that's definitely me as well. And uh, even before I really knew the guys and before I really tried the food or anything like that, I always thought, oh, wow, that's like a very unique environment. You know, and the music that they're playing is, is you know, trippy and weird and ecstatic dance and stuff like this. You know, like, that. like this is just like a very creative space. And definitely once we started being able to DJ there and once the restaurant extension was finished and we could start really experimenting, for me, it was phenomenal. Like, getting to play. All this stuff that over two years of playing in Pangolin and and all these other places in El Nido, I could never play any of the music that really, truly inspired me. And like my first time playing in Happiness was like, oh, I'm going to do this and that and drop this song. Crazy remix and whatever and 90 BPM. and
0: Like at Futurist, you said. Yeah. You know, that freedom.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially, I mean, especially at Futurist compared to what i had been playing at earlier like I think that same night that I played in Futurist I played in Sanctuary and so again? just the, the rooftop above elements yeah and it was just like uh, was a bunch of kids and requests and disco and stuff and it was just sort of like oh god like, Wanna, I wanna be able to feel free and that's why I liked white banana as well. And it was so funny because like I was so excited, I so had so much anticipation for the set on white banana because I'd heard so much about Jimmy and, and you know people that I knew that had played there were all really you know inspirational and Iran played there and stuff. And so I was expecting like you know just to walk into this place and just hear these crazy tribal vibes and like Wah, you know. And I, I know walk you know. in and this guy's playing fucking like uh like uh, like just classic disco like new disco bangers like you know purple disco machine and stuff. And it's like one thirty in the morning and this guy's playing like purple disco shit. Okay, yeah, I'm like yeah. man, what is going yeah. on here? So my first song I just like <laughs> boom 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 boom. boom. You know? like, How
0: did the crowd react?
1: It was phenomenal. It was Ooh. phenomenal. Like people were going crazy for my whole set, and like they ended up continuing the night until like five six o'clock in the morning. Because by like most of the people that were there at the beginning of my set were still there at four a.m. at the end of it, and to nice, the point where nice. Jimmy was like, "Bro, I want to play. I want to play. You know, like get out of the way. I want to play now. You know, the crowd's on fire." Yeah. Yeah. It was it was phenomenal. Well, that's it was the phenomenal. The
0: thing is like, um, I think okay. So now now speaking more towards the craft of DJing, and you said that's one of the things that made you guys really close, you and Iran. Yeah. Like like your approach to like building the set like mm. like what are the things you look out for like in the crowd like or or like is it like more about like your mood that day the space is like how much of that, is that a factor? it can be it
1: can be all all the factor for sure i think there's certainly been some sets that like i've been more interested in the vibe than others um and things like this and um like some of the sets that obviously i'm quite tired or maybe i've been playing a lot of the same music and i won't feel the same kind of energy and inspiration that i would on others then yeah i think it's noticeable and i think you could say every dj would say that for the mm. sets that like i'm excited about like when we first started doing the mambo full moon parties and stuff like that
0: we were mambo earlier yeah we we really nice
1: man like we when you're talking leave. three four hundred people for a guy like me who's just started in the game and like is playing like house music like this kind of stuff is just pure yeah i was super lucky to be surrounded by the people that i was surrounded by but then also to be put on to like the prime time sort of things and then all i can think about is like the atmosphere that you create like when i'm thinking about a dj set for an event like that it's like i want to keep it kind of lighthearted, but at the same time i want people to be moving and uh and i understand that like some of the stuff that i play in happiness is just not going to work on the beach, on that kind of environment, unless people are, you know, uh, on a different mindset, you could say.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and so, like, for me, I like the fact that when I craft a set, I can be able to stay diverse, and I can stay more dark and organic, or I can go more funky and, and afro y or I can just be pure house, and you know, people like Adrian Charla were a massive inspiration as far as making minimal house and minimal mm-hmm. techno sound mainstream. Like the first couple times I heard Adri play, I was like, "Why does this song have three instruments?" And I'm going crazy, like this is crazy. Like, how is it so funky? You know, and it's like just a knock like, sound and a bassline. You know, that like sauce? what Where is the going? Sauce like, how is from? this happening? Yeah, yeah.
0: Like, like it's like it igniting yeah, something else. For sure, right? for yeah. sure.
1: So for me, I definitely I like the fact that I can feel like I can diversify a little bit. Um, and and if I'm stuck in one genre, or one like mood, then I know that it's gonna be less interesting for me. It's gonna be less interesting for the crowd, etc. Like my favorite is like these three-hour sunset sessions. If I can play a three-hour sunset session, you can go through every single mood imaginable. You yeah, know? No, I was
0: about to say like sunset is. I think that's a, that's a very tricky one for most DJs because you're. You're, you're really like going go, on this yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you
1: gotta keep it mellow and I think a lot of people, especially when they first start DJing, they're focused on party music I, I, when I first started playing it was more like loungy vibes, I was playing in resorts and I was playing for not so many people and getting small little gigs and this and that and so you realize how valuable having chill music is just as much as having party music and I would argue that being a warm up DJ is way harder than yes. being a peak time DJ uh-huh. because oh, you gotta sorry. keep the people there you know and you can't overshadow the guy after you and so I would say like that is that is way harder and so for me I always strived to be a good opening DJ and never step on toes never like get people too hyped up but not hyped up enough and like this fine line. Yeah. yeah. There's more like, like a. Yeah. yeah there's that, more balance. And that's body. hard. The that's boi- hard. Si. Yeah. The, boi- the boi- si. no, Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes. How's your trim? You know, dipping. Your legs yeah. are dipping. It's too much. It's too much. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: these diving analogies. I love. <laughs> I love the music and the di- the DJing and the diving. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like oh, Simone, we need to. That reminds me we need to interview him in Bohol. Yeah. The owner of Bamboo. That's what he was doing. So I took a couple I did I did a few sessions with this Italian guy. You you would love to talk to this cat. Oh Yeah, yeah cuz he's like he was a scratch DJ in the 80s and then he wants to build things, you know, a culture like this in Bohol. So he's just offering these lessons for free to anyone who is, you know, like spending who, who wants to learn. Right. Because he wants there to be diversity. This, mm. like you were describing yeah, here, yeah. Like, and so far it's just like him and a couple other people, like two two other guys
1: teaching to DJ. No, no, mean? he's the only one teaching. Okay, okay. But, as far but as, he's like, teaching other people. Set, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You yeah, know yeah.
0: that you can you can expect to be pleasantly surprised. Yeah, like different genres. Yeah. Like, you know.
1: Well, I think like that's that's always like that that thing that I've heard so many times before, where it's like you know a good DJ doesn't play the the song you wanted to hear a good DJ plays a song that you know that you didn't know you wanted to hear kind of thing, you know? Like this idea line. of you that. know, yeah, I mean you hear this everywhere all the time, but like it's it's so true. It's so valid, you know, and if I go to see a DJ play, I don't want to hear a bunch of shit that I already know.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I can listen to that at home.
0: Yeah, but, but some people look for that they the culture is now them.
1: going this way like, you know there's this uh, this quote by Trevor Noah it's like man the DJ culture now is like people show up to the club and they want to hear the song that they heard on the radio on the way to the club that's some serious yeah. ADD shit bro what the fuck Are yeah. you kidding me how do people listen to the same song more than once in a day I can't even do that like let it's, alone put it in a DJ set that's crazy but it's
0: that's madness. like different roles right but why not be the pioneer that's the thing well, like, exactly. why not why not provoke, in a, in a positive way? Yeah, I, mean,
1: like. I think that's always been a big inspiration is to be able to play a lot of environments that do kind of attract a more popular culture crowd, but get away with music that isn't, you know, that's still yeah. kind of underground, yeah. you know? Yeah. And that's why I really love someone like Erwin Setz because he has times where, you know, if he's just he's, if he's like a little drunk, then he's just playing all the, you know, the, the standard disco stuff. Yeah. But when he's kind of in his zone, and when we did this Storytellers thing, we had like this six hour collaborative set, I'm kind of pushing him to go in a certain direction. And just murder every fucking transition. I'm like, God damn, like this is so good. Why don't you play this music all the time? Like it's drivey, it's fun, it's old school, it's new school. It's, you know, it's just really, really fun um, stuff. But yeah, I mean, ultimately, if you don't have both, then it can be very difficult to make a name for yourself. And that's kinda depressing, but it is a fact. And that's why like Iran doesn't get to play a lot of gigs around town, you know, because he's not willing to make that compromise, which I respect one hundred percent. I respect that one hundred percent, but at the same time you can't really complain at that stage. You know?
0: I mean he has a different role. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Absolutely, absolutely.
0: I'm really looking forward to your set later. Like
1: uh, uh, yeah. yeah, well, I hope it's good. I, mean, I think I'm just gonna do some like kind of down tempoy stuff because I haven't done that in a while.
0: Okay, okay. Well, I, I think that's a that's that's a lot, mom. How I it's, it's a, and I we got know. the the juice. I think we got <laughs> the essence.
1: Cool. Oh, well. yeah. Well, uh, it's cool. I mean, I've never anything like this before that's for sure
0: I mean it's a I mean we just started as yeah well, yeah so and and really it's about it's just about like appreciating like what it is it what makes you yeah exactly like what people are up what to like
1: oh yeah, well, that's a nutshell <laughs> that's a nutshell yeah. for sure yeah. but uh, yeah I mean it's it's El Nido is really a productive place and uh, it's a shame that some people decide to blame others for their lack of uh, you know business ingenuity and stuff like this mm. And you see it a lot on the, you know, Facebook forums and stuff like that about, you know, oh, the infrastructure, this, the streetlights, that, Well, It's like, that's not affecting your business, bro. You're affecting your business with your negativity. And if you, you know, do something creative, you build it and they will come, you know. And that's one thing that I'm very happy to be a part of happiness for because it's, it's something that is aesthetically, oh. sensor, sensorily, if that's a word, uh, pleasing. Yeah, You know, and that's like what our tagline is on the Saturday nights, they, we call it Organica every Saturday. Mm. And it's like it's a sensory experience, you know, because oh, yes. you can eat, night? you can dine, you can, you can, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because it's weird music, it's nice food, <sighs> okay, yeah, yeah. it's good cocktails. That's, that's, cows, that's, oh, yeah. that's rice, home for us aliens. Absolutely, absolutely. Purple and blue
0: <laughs> and shit, it's gonna be fun. Yeah. really fun. Dear future alien, what are you doing here? 終わりました